When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Hello, weirdos! This is Stephanie. And this is your boy, Andrew. And we are very excited to be back with another History for Weirdos episode for you all. This is going to be episode number, I think, 24. Oh, that's great! Yeah. Already. Already, isn't that crazy? Yeah. After a long hiatus, it is good to be back and doing these consistently again. Mm -hmm. Love Googling random weird things, but having it have a purpose, right? (laughs) Yes. I know. We've been doing this for years, and it's good that we finally can make some content and Mm -hmm. like talk about it with just beyond us. Yeah, that there's other folks that want to hear whatever the nonsense is that we want to babble on about. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just have to say that I love hearing from you all on, you know, Mm -hmm. you... I, I. I know you guys have given us a few suggestions already, and also just I think the majority of our emails are just you know saying thank you for doing this yeah. or like you know we love that you talked about this episode, and it just honestly like makes me so happy. Yeah, please continue to like leave us comments, write us emails, whatever you want. It it keeps us going. It makes us way happier than you could ever know. Yeah, definitely. So thank you. Okay, for this week's episode, let me tell you all. Andrew was so annoying writing his episode <laughs> because anytime I'd like get near him or his computer while he was writing, he'd be like, babe, don't look. Gosh, babe. I think I sounded just like that. Yeah. And I have terrible eyesight. So I was like, I can't see anything anyway. I, know. I don't know what you're she doing. She has these like big glasses <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> still can't see. You still can't see. Yeah. But you really got me intrigued because usually you're not super secretive or you give like kind of hints or you mention something and then you're like, oh, I might do that for an episode, right? Yeah. But this time I genuinely have zero idea what you're going to talk about this week. Yeah. Uh, it's because you know about the story or at least, you know, partial what about the-, the story. We've talked about this, but it was years ago. He's speaking in riddles. Yes, I speak in riddles. Okay. I speak in tongue foreign to you. Then why don't you tell introduce the topic? Because I can't say like, oh, Andrew's going to tell us about blah, 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 because I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, today's story is about a true weirdo in the mm. best and just weirdest sense of the word. Tell me. Okay. He's an 18th century rebel who fought against British imperialism on multiple continents. Oh, I know who this is. And yeah, sorry to our listeners and friends across the pond in advance, because this will be a lot of anti-British talking points, I guess. I mean, they deserved it. (laughs) Stephanie's not pulling punches. No, I am Irish She's Irish, so. I mean, yeah, I have ancestors (laughs) that fought in the American Revolution, and... The coolest part about this story is this is about one of those ancestors, and I am a direct descendant of this dude, which is really cool to think about. Say his name. His name 
is William Lawson. Yay! And he lived to the ripe old age of 94 as well. That is nuts. I don't think I'm going to live to 94. And I didn't live in like the 18th and 19th centuries. Oh, so. that's a good point. Just like yeah. in his time period, let alone fighting in two major rebellions. Yeah. Against like the biggest mo- and like most advanced army the world had ever seen. And he still managed to live to 94. Spoiler alert, babe. Spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah, alert. sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I do know this story. I think... Your mom sent it, or someone sent it to your mom. Yeah. She's really into genealogy, and she connected with, like, distant cousins, right? Right, very distant. they sent her this story, which is quite incredible, of William Lawson. Yeah, it's so incredible. Um, And, in fact, even doing some research into this, Mm -hmm. I found that there is some controversy, even, in the historical record. About him? About, not about him, but the historical record about him. And I'll get... (laughs) I will get to that. I will get to that. But I just okay. wanted to throw that tidbit out to y'all. <laughs> so when I bring it up again, you won't be caught completely off guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really enjoyed researching him because there was just... I had to pull from a lot of sources because he isn't, like, famous, right? Right. A lot of the things we've done before were really famous. Yeah. Or at least, you know, or at least somewhat well-documented. Whereas with him, you were really pulling from a lot of different sources, both primary and secondary, right? Right. He is... A historical figure for you and your family and right obviously the men and women that fight in revolutions are historical figures but he's not a known historical figure right. where people are talking oh his movements here and there yeah i could imagine like, that's hard exactly and it's not like he's a signer of the declaration of independence right. he wasn't a general mm-hmm. right so and even then some of the generals are kind of fleeting mm-hmm. in, in terms of the historical record okay so without further ado let's get into it So William Lawson was born on the 26th of June, 1731 in Montrose, Scotland. He was the only son of a widow lady. No information is available on his father. Some people believe his name was Robert, and he may have been killed during the Scottish Jacobite uprisings from earlier on. Wow. Again, we don't know. When were the first Jacobite uprisings? Do you know? There was, I, there was a few. There was one in the late 17th century, so like 16-something or another. Okay. And then there was a few like in between. in between. And then the one that our boy participated in was, it's called the 45, because right. it happened in, I think, 1745. It's the most famous one. It's the most famous one. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Outlander... Which I am. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie had to lean into the microphone to say that because... Just in case Jamie Frazier's out there listening somewhere. Yeah, I know. I mean Sam Hugan. I I mean Jamie Frazier. You mean Jamie Frazier. You don't even mean (laughs) Sam Hugan. It's Jamie Frazier. In case he's listening. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. We do look alike. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, he, we both have big foreheads. You both have <laughs> and big they're both foreheads. Scottish ancestry. <laughs> Blue eyes and big foreheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slightly receding hairline. Yes. Must be a Scottish trait. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, I have to give just a little bit of backstory on this, just for this to make sense, of but course. not going to be as much as, you know, what I normally do. So the year is 1745, and the Catholic Scottish rebels are fighting against the British crown. Mm-hmm. You know, their goal was to install James Francis Edward Stuart to the throne by way of his son, Prince Charles Edward Stuart, a.k.a. the Pretender, a.k.a. the Bonnie Prince. Ew. Yeah, I know. He watched. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because of Outlander. I do not like the Bonnie Prince. He's not that Bonnie. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing here. One. <laughs> <laughs> Two. What a weenie they made him sound like. I. I. Maybe you. I don't think you did more 
research into the Bonnie Prince for this, but I would be interested in researching him more because it sounds like he was obviously because he was the Catholic prince mm-hmm. and therefore represented Scottish freedom. I think for a while there was a glorified narrative and image around him, yes. right? But I think as ironically as we got further away from that time the history became clearer that he wasn't like a great leader no is a way of putting it. it it's funny you mentioned that because i did do a little bit of research not a lot uh-huh. but a bit of research into the jacobite uprising of 45 and it it did seem that there was a, a huge they almost it was almost like it reminded me of the russian revolution right mm-hmm. where you had you know the reds right they were communists they all had the same ideology right but the whites they were it was a broad coalition right Mm -hmm. and so and that was kind of like this is like you know you had people that just hated the british right and then you had people who were you know actual supporters of the bonnie prince and his father it's not necessarily that you had to be like oh i'm super devout to prince charles or whatever it's more so that you everyone who was fighting against the british were fighting for scottish freedom right and that meant different things to different people exactly and some were just hardcore catholics right hardcore catholics just like oh a catholic king should be on the throne right Mm -hmm. and so with all that you know i think to me personally it seemed like they were doomed from the beginning right yeah you see this in history a lot but yes anyways uh you know enough doom and gloom for now there's there's some (laughs) good things for at least for the jacobites initially um they even you know speaking of the good things they even their early um battles were Mm -hmm. really successful they even drove all the way into northern england Holy yeah, smokes. they invaded England. It's because a lot of the redcoats, the English regulars, were deployed on the continent. There was some sort of... I didn't even do a lot of research in this because it's it was so far from like the point of the story. Right. But there was some sort of like Austrian succession thing and there was war and... They had other things going on. They had on. other things going mm-hmm. on. So this was kind of like a, a secondary thing. Yes. Because I don't think... And from my understanding is the British didn't take this sort of uprising seriously at first. I mean, especially if they were common. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. And maybe they didn't even see them as worthy adversaries at the beginning. Right, and Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a very, like, astute assumption. The Scots Um, are always worthy adversaries. Yeah, they are. Ask the Romans. Ask the Romans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was more than the Scots. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they've always had, like, they've always been troublesome up there. It's a And I'm troublesome. Oh, yeah. Extremely. (laughs) That's You think Andrew Iverson, you think trouble. Exactly. (laughs) Such trouble. Uh, Well, anyways, um, in April 1746, though, just to kind of speed things along, um, the end of the road Mm -hmm. came to the Jacobites. And this, of course, you know, was at the Battle of Culloden Moor, or just the Battle of Culloden. Mm -hmm. And this is where William's story begins, and at least for this podcast. Um, a 14-year-old William fought in this battle. 14. A few months away from being 15, but 14 years old. Um, We know nothing of his participation in this battle, but... Right, like what his role was, but he was in it. I I guess 14, especially for that time period and for Scottish culture, definitely would have been old enough to be a man fighting. Handed a rifle, be like, yeah, pointed at those red things coming our way. Uh, oh my god so the scots were crushed i think you know the scottish army had around five thousand fighting men mm-hmm. and a thousand of them were killed in less than an hour it was oh. just a slaughter oh i just got chills thinking yeah. about it um 
and eventually, you know, obviously the Scots were crushed very early on in the battle, and it, they just dispersed, right? That was the mm-hmm. end of the rebellion. Um, even the Bonnie Prince barely escaped with his life, and mm-hmm, he would never, mm-hmm. I think, return to the British Isles. Shocking. Shocking, yeah. I think he, fun fact, he died in Rome. Yeah, he was raised in Italy, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. raised in Italy and France. Yeah. Um, so we know, you know, the, the details or the historical record with William is a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. We know that he was confined to a dirty English prison. Um, according to records, he was either imprisoned in either or both Chester, Chester, Chester Castle or Carlisle Castle, both mm. in Northern England. Um, he then became indentured to a British ship owner at a price of five pounds and placed on a ship with 81 Jacobite comrades. He arrived in Virginia in August of 1747 and was soon bound over to a wealthy planter who allegedly paid the captain in tobacco for his new, you know, indentured servant, almost like quasi-slave, right? What was he sli- What was he sold for again? How much? Uh, originally five pounds. Oh, my and God. And then for tobacco. Oh, my God. Yeah. For a young man, he was a, a teenager. Yeah, a teenager. Like, probably 1747, he would have been, like, uh, 16-ish or something. Yeah. 16, 17, maybe. Um, 16, maybe 17. Yeah, 16. I think 16. Oh, my God. To have survived the trauma of Culloden, which I can only imagine mm-hmm. was a total trauma. And, you know, for the folks that were in Scotland after the horrific aftermath of that to survive that and then to be sold and taken to a whole nother continent. Yeah. When you're a baby. Right. Oh, it, wow. It was not good. Um, not and, a good time. Yeah. And, you know, being an indentured servant was not not an easy job. Mm-hmm. It, it sucked. I mean, you weren't... It wasn't... And I, I feel like I have to mention this. Like, indentured servitude was quasi-slavery, right? It wasn't out, outright full slavery. Mm-hmm. But you were still treated like chattel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were still seen as... Years as inferior, as yeah. almost as partially subhuman. Yeah. Um, at least for like a time period, right? Uh-huh. If you were very lucky, you might get like a nice master, but you still had to be, you know, you're still bonded. To them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're still bonded to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, it, but it's also important to note that obviously indentured servants from like Western Europe also didn't have the the race based right. trauma of of enslaved people. Exactly. Yeah. Like. I, I, like you could be, you could leave, you could pay off, right? Your indentured mm-hmm. servitude and then just be a normal right, colonial person with your little ponytail walking around. <laughs> Is that accurate? Yeah. In a really simplified way, I think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, I just love the way you explained that. that you was, know, they're little ponytails little ponytails and your little ribbons. Little colonial man ready f- to start his apprenticeship, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so before I get into the Americas or his time in the Americas any further, I have to bring up the controversy in the historical record. Okay, yes. So remember how I I told you that? Mm -hmm. So according to one independent researcher, there were two William Lawsons who were Scots and were transported to the colonies at roughly the same time. Oh, no. Yeah. So our William Lawson may not have been the same William Lawson who fought at the Battle of Culloden. And this, another descendant of... um, this William Lawson, Nancy J. Lawson, published a paper in 2017 detailing her findings on the matter. You know, 
but, but I do want to say that this is you know a recently stated minority opinion that has not been peer reviewed at all. Okay. And so, but I still believe that this warranted a share because you know she did do a lot of research into yeah. this and she did cite you know a decent amount of primary sources. So I want you know I felt that at the very least this warranted a share. How interesting that she did such, you know, obviously her name's Lawson, that she yeah. did such an in-depth history of her own family. I know. That's cool. Um, exactly. I just, again, I just want to say that I just don't feel like I'd be doing my due diligence as an amateur slash armchair historian without mentioning Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. So she's arguing. That there are two that, different that we That we lost the record of... The fourteen-year-old boy, right, somewhere, and that he is different than, than the man who fought at Culloden. Uh huh. So no, no, I'm saying the fourteen-year-old boy that fought at Culloden. We lost his record somewhere. Yes, yeah. yes, and he's different than the dude that's in the Americas. No, 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 no. We think that both of them came to the Americas, mm-hmm. but one of them was a little bit older, and he mm-hmm. fought at Culloden, and then came to the Americas. And then, the you know, our, our William Lawson, the 14-year-old, did never fought at Culloden oh, and came to the Americas I as see. well. Okay. So they were both so Scots. So they got convoluted came. somewhere. Exactly. Because oh. they had the same name from Scotland, who both came to the Americas as indentured servants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it... Oh, that's so interesting. Exactly. In the Outlander books, because I've read the books, too. Not oh, all of them. Oh, nice. Um, I told you, they get, like really weird so Mm -hmm. i stopped reading them but um it's the same thing when they i think for a while like claire sorry if you guys don't watch outlander but you're missing out so go watch it she's (laughs) looking you're like sorry not sorry sorry but i'm not sorry like this should hopefully turn you on to the greatest thing you'll ever experience um (laughs) babe you've seen game of thrones the first six seasons i love outlander i'm not gonna lie so anyway (laughs) she doesn't think at some point this is a spoiler at some point, when Claire... So skip ahead, if you don't want spoilers. When Claire is back in her time, mm-hmm. she doesn't think Jamie survived because there were 12 Jamie Frasers on the battlefield of Culloden. So it just cracked me up because it made me think of... I am half Mexican. My mom is from Mexico. How in Mexico, everyone names their freaking kid the same thing as their dad. Oh my god. So it sounds like the Scottish people had done the same thing where everyone's just named after their dad or their uncle or something. I, it's so frustrating. That's yeah. across so many oh, and the, cultures. The Romans, and the, the Romans same thing. did that. The Carthaginians were notorious. Yes. Ugh. So it just makes record keeping and history... <laughs> so difficult i know in ancient history it's impossible yeah it's i mean it's just absurd um okay there are no more spoilers no more spoilers get back to the story here (laughs) (laughs) okay so according to and i just love this because according to the scott county historical society william was just a terrible indentured servant Oh, he wasn't good at it (laughs) i mean a young jacobite that was forced against his will to come to a different continent and is told like Hey, I got some tobacco in exchange for you, so now you have to go work for this dude and do whatever he says. For like five to seven years or whatever it was. Okay, that's a short contract at least. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not... I'm guessing. Right. I, I don't, we don't know. We don't have the terms of his contract, but that was oh, okay. typical, I think, for the time. Right. I mean, it must not feel like it in the time. And if you right. survive, right? If you don't die during that time period. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So he wasn't good at it. So I'm just going to... I... I, I Literally just lifted and shifted a few of these paragraphs for directly for from their website because it's it's too good. Yeah. And so I'm just going to read it straight from the babe's lips. What's the website? Uh, it's just Scott County Historical Society. Okay. Yeah. 
So yet, a young man who chafed beneath the yoke of British rule would hardly take well to indentured servitude. From the master's point of view, Lawson probably appeared to be lazy, mean-spirited, argumentative, and good for nothing in general. From our point of view, however, we are likely to be more sympathetic with Lawson. Forced into unwilling servitude far from his homeland, this fiercely independent young Scot could not help but reassert himself through disobedience and outright rebellion. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's more. There's a lot more. <laughs> so Alasan apparently strove to cause his master grief at every turn and was quite willing to go to some extremes to accomplish this, though not without a wry touch of black humor. Go on. Go on. Okay. For example... <laughs> Lawson was highly resentful of the fact that although the household boasted plenty of milk, he never received even the merest portion of it. One day, the mistress told him to go out and feed the cows, then shortly after found him standing before the well with a shock of hay. When she asked him what he was doing, he curtly replied that he was feeding the only cow that ever gave him milk. None of them. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's sassy. It's so sappy, sassy, so savage. Oh, my God. Oh, but here's the one. Okay. Definitely a fiercely independent Scottish man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love him. And here's the one that highlights his rebellious nature the most. Yeah, it's my least favorite. And honestly, with our modern sensibility, kind of makes him look even like a bad guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... But I appreciate that you're giving us a holistic picture. Yes. Go ahead. Um, even during more mean-spirited outbursts, he retained his sense of humor. While trying to eat dinner in the kitchen one day, one of the master's expensive hounds kept flopping its tail into his plate. Lawson, in a burst of fury cut the dog's tail off, which caused a tremendous stir in the house. When asked why he did such a cruel thing, he replied that he had been told to eat everything they put on the plate, so he did. Oh, no. William. William. Willie. Will. 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 Come on, buddy. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I'm like... The amount, but the amount of... I don't excuse that, right? Right. It's not cool. Just because you are being treated poorly doesn't mean you get to go to something that has that is uh, weaker than you and treat it poorly as well. Right. But the amount it speaks to the amount of loathing he must have had for them. That exactly. he wanted to harm them any way he could, right? Mm-hmm. Like he can't harm them or he can't break free from them, but he can harm their dog. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's that. I can't imagine the bitterness. He must have lived with during that time. Right. To, to have him do something like that. Yeah. I think it definitely highlights his just outright like anger mm. and rebellious nature kind of coalesce into one. Yeah. Again, that doesn't mean it's okay, though. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Especially, it's, it's an animal, man. It's, I love like a an dog of all animals. Right. And the dog's wagging his tail, so he was happy. Yeah, and now he's not happy because he doesn't have a tail. Oh, no. Oh. I, yeah. I, 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 when I read that, I was like, oh, it's my least favorite. Of course. Literally, least favorite thing of this, his entire story. Of course. Not when he was imprisoned in a dirty English cell. No. no. When he cut the dog's tail off. That's not okay. cool. Okay. Also... Let me... Uh, counter. Counter? I have a counter. Okay. The reason we have these stories of him being sassy, like, I'm going to feed the cows that feed me. Oh, wait, it's none of them. And things like that. <laughs> yeah. Is probably because, right, his masters were complaining about him. Yeah. To someone that was documenting mm-hmm. the behavior of 
an indentured servant, maybe to see if he was good to sell elsewhere. I don't know, right? Right. But it's definitely, whatever the reason is, it's definitely the masters that are spreading these stories. What if they exaggerated? What if they lied, right? That's a very good point. What if they're like, God, this guy, this is such like a brutish person that he right. even cut our dog's tail off but they're lying that's and, very that's and you know what there's a lot of precedence for that yeah uh, of i mean course. going back thousands of years people uh, would over exaggerate all the time yeah so there you go babe i'm giving you a little little sliver of hope there a little sliver of hope that he didn't he wasn't an animal abuser yeah you can kill many people as you want william don't hurt animals oh no crickets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys that was, that was a joke Please. Total that joke. Was a joke. I guys, yeah. You can't see my face. I've realized because this is a podcast. Yes, it is a podcast. <laughs> Who would have known? In, we're in people's ear holes, not their eye holes. <laughs> oh god, that's even worse. <laughs> okay, it's not worse, but that's pretty bad too. Okay, so back to the story. Unsurprisingly, he didn't last very long at this mm-hmm. plantation. He he ran away. Oh, yeah, he ran I away. thought they were like, get out of here, no, no, bro. No, he, he ran away. According to one source, he ran away for like, you know, after a year. There. Okay. And we lose him for quite a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he didn't want to be found. Yeah. And, and another source says that uh, there was already lawsons in the colonies of Virginia mm. and North Carolina. So William probably spent some time with them. And the specific area where he lived in is in present day southwestern virginia northwestern north carolina and northeastern tennessee which we now know the land is famous or infamous depending on your point of view for large portions of old scottish jacobite clans oh that's so interesting yeah so So, he went with his people exactly and that so that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense and I also feel like it's important to mention that it was during this point in time where he meets the love of his life, Rebecca. Oh, oh found love. Yeah, they ended up getting married and having a lot of children. At the very least, they had six, but probably more. Yeah, they're Catholic. Yeah, so that's what they got. You're Catholic. Do. Are we gonna have six children? No, definitely not. We also <laughs> don't cut dog tails off. That's so. true. <laughs> Stella, you're lucky. <laughs> She's lying right next to us. Right yes, now. if you heard little tippy tappies on the hardwood before, that's Stella. That's Stella. Just our, our corgi mix. Yeah, and mascot of the show. And ma- official mascot of, of history for weirdos. Official mascot. <laughs> so. But as with all tranquil things, they must come to an end. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that on my notes because I want to sound ominous. Oh my gosh. So we lose him. We know like certain things about him. Like, but for 30 years, he's kind of just disappears. That's a long time. He must have just been living a normal, quiet life. I think he was living a normal homestead life. Not sleeping because he's got 20 million children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we know that he is kind of a frontiersman at this time. Mm -hmm. So kind of cool. But William, who... Again, may, who may or may not have fought against the Brits decades before would be called to do so. And only this time it would be a continent away as a grown man and now as a revolutionary. Damn. On September 13th, 1777, at the age of 46 years old, Lawson swore allegiance to the state of Virginia and the American cause as a member of Captain, Captain excuse me, Daniel Triggs Company of the Montgomery County Militia. Wow. Yeah. Called back into a rebellion against the same empire. The same empire, but a continent away. That's crazy. Like a, across, not the narrow sea. I've been, we've been the rewatching uh, Game of Thrones lately, so. <laughs> he yeah. crossed the narrow sea on crossed, wood, wooden <laughs> horses with the Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this particular company, though, had a badass reputation. 
they conducted numerous forays against the British allied Native American tribes. Okay. So essentially, they specialize in anti-raiding measures, mm-hmm. like almost like an 18th century equivalent of counterterrorism. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool that they kind even of intense. thought about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very very intense. Like mm-hmm. they're they're hardcore. A lot of like frontiersmen. So they like they had to understand. It wasn't like your typical 18th century, you know, pitched battles, right? Right. You know where you know they're standing, firing at each other. This was like in the mountains, like very much so, like hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, now we arrive at the pinnacle, or at least the most prolific moment of William's life. It's not meeting the love of his life or having his. 7D children? Uh, no. Okay, go on. <laughs> Glad so, I married you. Keep going. I, I, right? <laughs> I just have to fight in a battle. And that'll be the pinnacle of my life. Okay. October 7th, uh-huh. 1780. William Lawson was among the over-mountain men who fought against the Royalists, or the Loyalists, excuse me, at the Battle of King's Mountain. Mm. And so they were called the over-mountain men because, get this. Okay. Big brain moment here. Yeah. They came from over the mountain. I mean, some, simple is effective. <laughs> That's good marketing. People understand. It's going to stick in your head. Yeah. I like it. Good I branding. Know. It reminds me of like, there's this Roman province in ancient times. There's uh-huh. Cisalpine Gaul and Transalpine Gaul. Literally meaning this side of the mountain's Gaul, that side of the mountain's Gaul. Direct. Direct. Clear. No one, this side or that side. Which one do you want to go to? Exactly. Oh, so good. Okay, so... The Battle of King's Mountain was actually a pretty important victory for the Patriot cause as this stopped the British invasion from South Carolina into North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's um, a big deal. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. According to Wikipedia, this battle is even called the war's largest all-American fight. Oh, wow. Why they said that, I don't know. I think yeah. maybe because it was, you know, Patriot militia versus loyalist militia right so they're all you know from the americas but they're fighting for different sides right they're all living in the americas at least right yeah Yeah. you know they weren't i guess british regulars yeah um from across you know the the narrow sea from across the narrow sea with (laughs) the dothraki go on exactly (laughs) so also fun fact davy crockett's father john crockett fought in this battle what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. It's not crazy. I had to think about it. I was like, what? The guy with the raccoon on his head? Yeah. The guy with the raccoon, his dad fought in this battle. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, the fighting was super intense, we know. And uh, we also know that William must have fought bravely because he was promoted to the rank of sergeant. Oh, yay. Yeah. Go, William. Go, William. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Moving up from that homestead life. Moving on up. Moving on <laughs> up, right? <laughs> So, and it's kind of funny, too, because it made me think, I'm like, so this is like, you know, I'm a direct descendant of this guy. Yeah. And this dude lived on the other side of the mountains, right? Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, bum fudge, middle of nowhere. Yes. And w- had a, probably a tough life, right? And here I am living in, like, West Los Angeles, and if my Amazon package is delayed a day, I get really mad. It definitely puts things into perspective. (laughs) I know. When you think of so many of us, the the badass people that you must come from while you sit on the couch and 
Netflix is wondering, are you still there? Yeah, I know. Are you okay? You You haven't moved in hours. (laughs) Yes, I'm still okay. I'm just binging the latest show I'm obsessed with, whether it's Squid Game or whatever. Yes. Gosh. So, you know, unfortunately, that's pretty much the extent of our knowledge of his involvement in the revolution. Mm -hmm. We do know that at some point during this time, he befriended a man by the name of Jonathan Wood, who was one of the petitioners and creators of Scott County, Virginia, which believe it or not, still exists to this day. I was about to ask, is that still a place? Yeah, it's still a place. Virginians, let us know. If you live in Scott County. Yeah, or what's it like? Is it cool? Yeah, I think I went once with my mom when I was like in high school. And sadly, I don't remember a lot of it. Oh, okay. So never mind, Virginians. Sorry, You don't need a report. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, we still want a report if you've been there or from there or whatever. Take pictures with cool old buildings. Send them to us. (laughs) And in fact, you can even... Oh, Sorry, I skipped ahead a little bit. Oh, go back. It is going back. Oh, you guys didn't hear that. Oh, that was a terrible rewind noise. Oh, I know. Whatever. Poor listeners. Poor listeners. Sorry, guys. I'm not even editing it out. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we know also that William died in April of 1826. Mm-hmm. But don't be sad. He lived a very full life, 94 years old. Really long life. And think about it, too. Back then, we take like traveling kind of for granted. But, I mean, he saw, I mean, again, of course, this was against his will, but, like, he saw a lot of the world, like, relative right. to, you know, what the average person did in that time. Most people at that time probably would not leave, you know, the county that they're from, the town right. they're from even. He saw and did so much. Get this. For better or worse. We, we found, or not we, scientists found the remains of, like, a 12,000 or 10,000-year-old skeleton in northern England, like relatively recently, in the last few mm-hmm. years, they found that that guy's direct descendants like lived in a town not that far away. That is creepy. It's yeah, That's it's creepy. Crazy though. And they did a reconstruction of what that guy looked like versus what you know his, his descendant? descendant looked like. Nothing. They like nothing alike. Oh, okay, but like, wow, to have stayed in the land of your ancestors for that many like, generations. Literally, That's yeah. crazy. I yeah. know. I, yeah, I'd say for most in the world, that's the norm. Seriously, right? So William Lawson definitely lived an abnormal or perhaps weird he life. Was, I did <laughs> say he was a weirdo. Yeah. And one of the truest senses of the word. Yeah, what a strange journey he I know, was on. And I'm so lucky that I'm related to him, you know? Maybe. He might Maybe. be a guy who abused dogs. He may be. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Okay. I know. I had forgotten lucky, that momentarily. <laughs> you're lucky you get to know about him. A lot of us don't know about Right? The people that we come from. Yeah, especially if they're not, like, famous, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And yes. I, I think locally he is kind of famous, but, like, very locally. Yeah. Like, to Scott County, Virginia. Yeah. So, but still, I think that's kind of cool. That's cool. Um, so, you can even visit his grave, which is located at the Lawson Confederate Memorial Cemetery. And before, you know... What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I needed to include a bullet here because people are going to be confused. So obviously he died before the Civil yes, War. Uh-huh. But it's now known as the Confederate Cemetery because, you know, although William was the first person buried, like, on t- it was kind of like on top of a little hill. Yeah. Um, and subsequent years, uh, you know, after the Civil War, many ex-Confederate soldiers were buried there. So it became so known as a Confederate Cemetery. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though it predates... The Confederacy. Yeah, I was like, I think they, when first I was like, I think they got their timelines from. Yeah, it's like, but that um, makes sense. Yeah, so that's why it's known. Did you go, do you remember if you went with your mom to see his grave? You know what? 
this is what's sad. I think my mom ended up going. Yeah. And I didn't go because, like, I had... I don't even remember what it was. I had probably some stupid, like, homework I had to do. They and had so to turn in by a certain time. I had to time. turn in. So I was like, oh, I can't. I have to do this dumb book report or whatever. I don't even remember what it was because yeah. it's obviously not important. It was high school. Yeah. So I think she went and I think she saw it. Oh, cool. And it's really cool. I mean, there's pictures online of it. Um, Very and, nice. We will see it in person one day. Yeah, we'll see it. It's, I think it's about two hours. The biggest, largest big city that's near there. Because this is in Scott County, Virginia, which is kind of like south western virginia Mm -hmm. so the biggest city nearby is about two hours away it's knoxville tennessee oh okay yeah yeah um so now time to list my sources because i always i write them down now and i even bold it so i don't forget i bold mine too (laughs) yeah i know because you've made fun of me you can't forget anymore oh my gosh (laughs) okay so of course scott county historical society was really good they had a good page on his history yes um the scott county virginia official website also had some information that i used genie.com spelled g-e-n-i findagrave.com and then also that paper i had mentioned finding our true william by nancy j lawson how interesting yeah she did a lot of research is she a professor or something do you know no i think she's just like an armchair historian that's so cool um my favorite site electric scotland i'm not joking oh my god i'm not joking it was literally i i didn't use a lot from them but still i just i felt like that name is so cool i could you have to mention it it. yeah absolutely and then my (laughs) personal favorite as with everything wikipedia perfect yay thank you so much babe yeah thanks for sharing your personal history on this podcast i know right like this was one of those things where i i had a lot of fun researching Mm -hmm. i bet because you're uncovering someone who like the remnants of them exist in you i know it's it's so so crazy you are very stubborn i am um mean-spirited is also a word that we've heard used to describe you many times uh sassy 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 towards cows in particular (laughs) sorry i think i might have to spit on you because i laughed I see the similarities. Similar, here. yeah. I see it. I, I am a homesteader. You are. You do love that homestead life. You yeah, living start... in an apartment in West Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if there's like homestead core on TikTok. Oh, there there definitely is. I'm gonna look it's it kind of like cottage core, right? It's like similar. I feel like there's homestead crossover. core, you definitely need to have like one of those little wheat things in your mouth while you oh. whittle. You know, there is a guy that I follow who has like a farm but it's like in i think new hampshire okay and he has his dog i think his dog's named toby wow that's a good name i know it's a really yeah he's a good boy <laughs> he's a good boy uh but yeah he has a bunch of like chickens and oh i like stuff chickens. like that i don't know i just kind of i don't even listen to what he says i just look at the animals homestead like, core guys let's let's yeah, make it a thing we're gonna if make it's it not already i know i definitely want to make that a thing <laughs> But, you know, as always, speaking of TikTok, make sure you follow me if you don't already. Oh, yeah. You guys would love it. Lots of amazing, fun, entertaining, ancient history. Yeah. More specific on Roman history at times. Mm-hmm. Stuff at at Roma Omnia. Yeah. Roma.Omnia. If you just type that into TikTok, you'll find me. Yeah. And thank you so much again, babe. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, I know it sounds like so silly, Uh, or repetitive i guess but please like leave a review subscribe if you have not it helps give us good information and good feedback leave an honest review it just 
help us and help other weirdos find the podcast. Yes, absolutely. And also, I think you can find us at or our main website is on Anchor. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, uh, was anchor.fm backslash history for weirdos. Yeah, we have switched to Anchor for mm-hmm. our hosting and all the good stuff, and we love it so much. So. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Um, also, you can find, or you can email us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Please, we love your emails, and we love uh, hearing from you. And that's it, right? Yeah, that's it, guys. So until next time. Bye, weirdos. Adios. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.